When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I'm pretty skeptical about the Steelers being Lamar stoppers. Like the Ghostbusters, they're the Lamar Busters. Okay. They roll in, they beat this MVP. You're skeptical every- of them I earning am, that title? I was, and I still think I kind of am. No, he didn't look good, his numbers didn't look good, no. but... He could have thrown three to four touchdown passes oh, in the yeah. game. I mean, the one to Bateman is inexcusable. That was a touchdown. I think the one equally, Bateman, Andrews, and Andrews Aguilar. Andrews was a tougher catch than Bateman, but yes, Andrews is an all-pro caliber tight end. Mm-hmm. He should have come down with that catch. And Nelson Aguilar, I know he's... Nelson Aguilar is Nelson Aguilar. He right, drops but ball. you got... I mean, But that was in a bread basket, dude. I, I mean, don't know. He burned Shandon I don't play. know. Burned him, Jacob. The lowlights of his time spent in Philadelphia... But if, I'm sure if you ask someone in Philly, don't you remember that video of the guy in the news? Oh, was that's like the best clip ever. Throwing babies out the window. He's like, well, Aguilar, I couldn't drop him like Nelson yeah. Aguilar. These babies wouldn't make it. <laughs> Aguilar would have killed the baby. I yeah. Mean, so yeah. I wonder how egregious that drop is compared to some of the drops he made while he was in Philly. Uh, it's pretty egregious. Pretty it was bad. laid right out there. It was a walk-in touchdown. Um, but I, I agree with you. Bateman's was probably the worst because it was right in his hand. Uh, who was it? Was it Zay Flowers that he just tripped on the route, on the deep ball? Yeah, that could have been a touchdown, too. Easily. So he goes 22 for 38 for 236 yards in an interception. He was sacked four times. But that could very easily read, you know, 26 for 38 for 295, 300 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Yeah. So they did some really good things against Lamar Jackson for sure. I also think Lamar kind of took himself out of the game running the ball. He was averaging 7.5 yards a He ball. had that one run at the beginning yarder. of the game, and then I don't feel like he was really much of a run threat for the rest of the they game. He got more than half of his total on that one run. And you're right. It was weird to kind of see him remove himself and, and throw the ball 38 times in this game. In a game that they were winning against an offense that's so inept, like, to throw that much and only run the ball 25 total times is bizarre, especially and for the Ravens. There were a lot of times where that pocket was left wide open for him, right? It, the pocket was protect. The protection was great where he was sitting in there for five, six seconds at a time. And usually in those moments, that means that no one's getting open. It's time for Lamar to take off, and he never did. Yeah, weird game from him for sure. I don't want to try to like say, oh, Lamar was amazing and that whole Steelers being Lamar Busters thing. That's just total myth. I'm just saying, you know, the track record in the sample size is definitely growing as far as his poor performances against the Steelers are concerned. His, you know, quarterback rating against the Steelers is much worse than I think any other team in the NFL or you know, as far as a team that you play so much like the Steelers, it's it's shocking how low it is for a player of that caliber. But I, I still, you know, he hadn't played in three straight games until this past one. 
And this past one, I I think it's a little deceiving. If you mm. watch the game, Lamar played a lot better than what his numbers would tell you he did. Yeah, I I I, I think it's foolish to have watched the game and put the blame on the loss for the Ravens on Lamar's shoulders. I don't think he had his best game, but I don't think you. It's 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 similar to like the Matt Canada thing here. Obviously, it's been weightier for Matt Canada over the course of the past three seasons, but it's not fair to put all the blame on one guy's shoulders, especially when there were seven drops on, which I saw on Twitter said it was the yeah, most crazy. in a game in 10 seasons by one team. I mean, say the Bateman and the Aguilar drops or catches because, you know, the Andrews is a Flowers one, whatever. Bateman and Aguilar were just such dead-to-right touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, but again, I mean, you're, you're leaving out Mark Andrews. He's a good enough right. tight end. I'm just saying, though, just take two of them. Yeah, that's right. 24 right. points on the board for the Ravens. See you later. Good night, Pittsburgh. I mean, and it could have gotten worse. You start feeling yourself a little mm-hmm. bit early. It's 14 to nothing instead of 10 to nothing. It could have gotten ugly really fast. But like I said in the first episode, the Steelers had to capitalize on the Ravens leaving the door open like that and making those mistakes, and they did. So I'm not taking anything away from the Steelers. And the defense did make a ton of plays, and it starts with Watt and Highsmith again. I mean, it is the only proven formula for this team to win football games is Watt and Highsmith just wreck the hell out of the damn game, and you force Mm -hmm. turnovers, and you sack the quarterback, and you make him a little panicky in that pocket. That is literally the only tried-and-true method that these Pittsburgh Steelers have to be competitive in modern football. Yeah, and it's not sustainable. Right. No, we see how it's not sustainable because they couldn't generate any pressure against a good game plan against Houston, and look what happens. You can't rely on your offense to keep up with them. You can't rely on your defensive backs to cover them. Like It's all these two people up front, and if they aren't going, you're probably going to lose. Well, let's hope, Tom, that the tape that we saw out of this week from Keanu Benton continues to improve. Benton looks good. Eventually, Cam Cam's Hayward should return. And I think most importantly, out of I mean, maybe Cam's the most important, but equally as important potentially, Joey Porter finding his way into the starting lineup. That will help for sure because maybe it allows you another way to win games, which is having an actual cover corner. I saw he was like PFF's highest rated cover corner in the entire league last year. Yeah, week. but again, okay, you're you're gonna do that. Gonna do you're gonna it. cherry pick it. PFF, and yes. You wanna point out that both Highsmith and Watt were greater than the eighties again this week? I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> I don't know why they I'm hate I'm gonna him say so yes, much. PFF was great. It's super right about Joey Porter Jr. But the Watt they just hate Watt. There's just yeah. something weird. Someone in that company was up wrong. like in a, there was at a an executive level from yeah. a Watt or something at some point, and he's just taking it out on TJ. For maybe, some maybe you know, there was a guy that went to Wisconsin. What did Miles Garrett grade on his bye week? A 98? Probably. I think yeah. he got a 98 on the bye week. He ate chips better than anybody. Yeah. Got off his couch faster than anybody. The get off of the couch was unbelievable. But there's a trickle down effect to all of these things happening. But Joey Porter Jr., here we'll say the negative from the PFF grade. He didn't play that much again. So, like, right. Okay, he's the greatest cover corner in the NFL last week. Other cover corners had a bigger sample size. I believe he had one target. And And so that one target to equal an interception, of course you're going to get a good grade And then he told Odell Beckham Jr. to go home and be a family man. Yeah. Did you hear that? I did hear that. Yeah. He's a porter, dude. I mean, like he he's going he's going to talk He's not talk as I think he's more subtle than his dad. He's going to be a little more on the he, field is he, when the trash talk's going to happen, not like to the microphones after the game. Not even, like I mean, because Joey Porter Sr. did it on the field also. Are he's just going to get a again. I think he's going to be a little more just like 
sly with it. Not so much loud and in your face. Just kind of like as he's walking away, just be like, hey, buddy, just go ahead and be a family man. Go home and be a yeah. family man. Ouch. Two catches, 13 yards for OBJ. Maybe it is time for him to go home and be a family man. I saw he was rumored to be dating the Kardashian. Or Kim Kardashian, though. Okay. Don't want to be a part of that family. How do we get on this topic on this show? Because he's got to go home and be a this family is the, man. Uh, Kardashian standard here. What are you talking about? He's got to go home and be a family man. I'm just doing what Joey Porter Jr. told him to do. Um, but the trickle down effect so, of yeah. putting Porter as the cover corner well, was to kind of take relief wasn't off it of. Was interesting to see yeah. who was benched in the. the it was to leave in Levi take and out Pat take out Pat. Very telling. I think it is telling, but I think it could be a good thing because all preseason long. All we did from the Steelers, or all we heard from the Steelers and Mike Tomlin and Pat Pete was, yeah, we're going to do a lot of different things with Pat. I'm not going to be the, I I know I'm older. I know I'm up there. I, I like to retire a Steeler, which means my career is coming to an end. I'm not your typical cover corner anymore, but I can still help in different ways. We heard of that every day at a training camp, right? We saw it in the preseason and yet, as soon as we got to the regular season, there's been very little to see out of Joey Porter Jr. because of Terrell Austin saying before this week, I don't know if he's ready yet, and Pat Pete in that role of cover corner. But once Joey Porter came in, he did not leave. And I think that's important. And he made a game-changing yeah, play. absolutely. He, he I mean, the game. We were just defending Lamar because of the receivers not catching balls. It was a bad pass. But it was a really bad pass. Yeah. It was it was a bad call to begin yeah, with. I mean, I don't know why you want Odell to go up for. He's not the old Odell. He can't go up for a jump ball, especially against the young corner who has size like Joey Porter. But just the play call in general. I don't know why you're throwing that. Why you're th- why you're going with that pass in that situation? They 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 could have just kicked field goals their way to like a right. nineteen win nineteen right. points and you win the football. Yeah, they left a lot of points off the board. Another group on the defensive side of the ball that I wanted to highlight, though, you know, we talk about the best way the Steelers can win games or the only way that they really win games, tried and true way, is the Watt and Highsmith way. Um, this is the best inside linebacking core they've had in quite a while. Uh, it was their best game of the year, for sure. They've been good all year. Quan Alexander was a monster mm-hmm. in that game. Landon Roberts had eight tackles. Yeah. Quietly, but he's such a solid player. Cole Holcomb's good, dude. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm ready to say that. Like, he's a good inside linebacker. He, <laughs> Maybe I'm just saying that because of the product we've seen at that position for the past four years. Mm. But just relatively, it looks like a lot someone better. That's actually hit. I, how many times have you seen him light a receiver up in the right. middle of the field? I mean, it started with the Raiders game, right? Yeah, the I mean, Devontae Adams hit. But. Nine tackles, led the team in tackles. Love that. Uh, had a tackle for a loss. He had a quarterback hit. He had a pass defend. He, it's all over the field. Yeah, dude. they're decent in coverage. They're good at getting penetration up the middle, too. Which makes the lives of Alex Heisman and TJ Watt a lot easier, which is what it's all about. Minka had nine tackles, too, so he's at the top of the list. But Holcomb, Minka, Roberts, and Alexander were your four leading tacklers. Three of those are inside linebackers. That's what you want to see. And you like when your you linebackers— see those guys cleaning up the you, plays. You like when your linebackers are leading in tackles compared to your cornerbacks or D-backs because that means those plays aren't, aren't getting to far. the secondary, right? Quan Alexander, three tackles for a loss and a sack. Right. And a quarterback hit to boot. I mean, he was just a monster. And the one play that was so incredible was him reading that screen. That could have been a pick six before the block punt on Killebrew when they pinned. Yes. When they yes. pinned the Ravens deep. He reads mm-hmm. the screen pass to, I think it was Justice Hill. Mm-hmm. And a second earlier, that's a touchdown. He's walking in. 
but he goes to try to tip the ball, gets into Hill's hands, but he grabs Hill and just puts him in the dirt for a six, seven-yard loss. Uh, they were outstanding yesterday. And, again, I know that the group that you were coming from wasn't exactly great, although Bob Spillane, two picks. Two picks. two picks. Two picks. How do you say it? Two picks. I don't know. <laughs> but it was a major upgrade. It, it couldn't have been hard to be a major upgrade from the, the units they've had last year and even the year prior. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed by this unit. It is It is not, I don't think, arguable at this point that they're not trending towards top half of the league as far as inside linebacker play is concerned. And it's very refreshing. Yeah, you feel better about what's been your weakest link for so many years on defense, now. defense, yes. Yeah, on defense. Right, now right, it's right. probably coverage. Now, now it's, it's probably the secondary. The secondary, yeah. yes. Other than Minka, who's a monster. I mean. And probably Joey Porter Jr. Who we're highlighting the play of Joey Porter Jr. and hoping that the the usage of Pat Pete becomes better or more effective. I would like to see Pat Pitt, Pete maybe sliding into more of a KZ Neal role because KZ and Neal are not playing well. No, so. not at all. I mean, I has Keanu Neal done in five tackles right? Today, had a couple Demonte KZ. I mean, the two not, of the yeah. yeah right. I mean, they're not making splash plays. They're not. The point of those two was supposed to be they can kind of cover while Minka can do Minka things, but Minka still has to cover for everybody. That's they're not. As great as Minka is, they're still not using him correctly because he has to, you know, take out the tight end, and then he has to support the run, and then he has to, you know, help double-team Zay Flowers on a play. Like, he's still being used to plug holes in the dam instead of just being free, which is what he was supposed to be able to do when you bring Mm -hmm. in these safeties. Pat Pete has always said, he's been open about, like you mentioned, I don't have to be an outside corner, you can move me all over the field. And I think he's always kind of been open to maybe playing a little bit of safety as well. I wouldn't hate seeing if Pat Pete excels more at that Neil KZ role than they have because it's it's worth a shot, especially if Porter's going to take his spot on the outside and, and Levi's going to stay outside too. Yeah, when you consider that you're typically playing with four D-backs out there, typically, it's not sustainable, as we, we use that term so often here in Pittsburgh, to have one out of four guys be reliable. You have to have at least a second guy, and which makes the lives of the other two or combination of the the three or four who's supplementing those other starting spots so much easier. Like you said, the the, the trickle down effect where KZ and Neil struggle that takes Minka away from what he can do for the rest of the team. Right when he's having to essentially play cover for his for his other safety on the field for him. That's taking effectively Minka out of the game for the Steelers, and that's just making him a tackler, which is not what he's, which is not not to say he's bad at it, but it's not what he's meant to do on the field. Just tackle the ball carrier. What's up? I'm John Wall, and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year. Elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think. Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we talked in our last episode about, you know, I'm excited for Deontay Johnson to come back. Probably the most excited for him of any player returning from IR, but got to be pumped for Captain Cam to, to join the fold as well. Um, the run defense has gotten better, I think, recently. I mean, it wasn't amazing against the Texans. They did hold him for like three yards a carry, but Houston really committed to that run game. Uh, five yards per carry for the Ravens, but they only ran the ball 25 times, so they kind of did you a favor there. They still ran for 125 yards on you, but you know, you're know, you kind of just treading water a little bit until he can get back. And with the way Benton has kind of played, and I think Armand Watts actually had a pretty decent game yesterday too, or on Sunday as well. You know, you talk about that trickle down effect with Joey Porter Jr. entering. It, it happens with Cam too, right? And I want to see Benton, you know, keep playing a lot, even when Cam comes back. I don't want it to just be Cam Ogunjobi and then oh, I can't they go to Adams. To I can't. Go to I think. I mean, you talk about I have to go to Benton first off the bench. Before we get to that, let's talk about Larry O. Larry O had a Larry O does that thing though where he makes like one good play a game. But I mean he's he might be my moneymaker later. He was mm-hmm. tremendous in this game and, and the hustle on the heart down ten nothing. On that Justice Hill force fumble, right? Force that fumble. That's being a true professional. So and you think, as you much think, as he doesn't practice and as much as the injuries mm-hmm. have lingered, like I think you point to that play right there and say there's no question he's professional. And that wasn't in the fourth quarter, right? That was in the first half. Oh, yeah, no, that was but you think about point. you think about what happened. It was not, as you said, it wasn't a turning point, but it helped the course of the game start to go in the favor of the Steelers. Because if the Steelers, if the if Larry O, first of all, that was a, a first down run, right? Justice Hill was already across the first down line to gain. If Larry O doesn't hustle up and get there, the Ravens are continuing to march down the field. And could easily have put up points on that drive, which could have maybe made it harder for the Steelers to kind of have a better second half adjustment, and maybe that comeback effort doesn't happen. It, like I said, it's hard to have a turning point come in the second half or the second quarter of no, a football needed, game. There was nothing going on. Right, the right, right, right. They needed some sort of a splash to to kind of wake up the team, wake mm-hmm. up the stadium. Even it just looked like, oh, here we go again, like that GTA. Yeah, the guy oh, walking man, into like the fast food again. place or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it looked like we were just doing the same story, Groundhog Day. Here we go. Bill Murray just woke up, and it's the same damn day over and over again. And then, boom, Larry Ogunjobi puts a nice jolt of lightning into things. So uh, that was a bit of a turning point. But the the big play, the play of the game, is the Mount really Cobra so Yes. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I do think Rodney Williams got in. I think that was a touchdown. Oh, I think his I was elbow very, was 100% very down. Very surprised that they just kind of like... Didn't even look to review well, it, yeah. Well, no. Be, well, it was a scoring play, so yeah, they did review it. But, you know, I didn't there wasn't, it didn't seem like a long it. discussion. No, no. It seemed like it was just like... There a, was a bigger pause in the game on the Steelers uh, with the the muffed kneel down by the ref. By the ref and trying to reviewing what happened there, yeah. Then there was on the review of... of that potential touchdown being ruled six points instead of two. Yeah, and I saw later that day the Niners-Cowboys game. Uh, Cowboys fumble near the sidelines, and a Niners player dives and gets his elbows and forearm right in before the chalk, and the ball goes over to the Niners, and it kind of reminded me of the Williams play. I, I think the Niners guy was a little more definitely in bounds, but I think you saw grass underneath those forearms, and I think you 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 saw elevation 
above the white chalk from the outside of the end zone, that could have been a touchdown for sure. Would have been interesting to see how much that would have gotten attention had the Steelers lost that game by a couple of points if the refs only awarded them oh, the right. safety there. Right, right, right. Instead of giving them the touchdown. But Miles Killebrew, I mean, people might wonder why does he always make the team? Why, you know, he's always on the team. He's he's a captain every year. He's never and never even speculated as a roster cut. That's why. He's one of the better special teams Mike Tomlin, players in football. Mike Mike Pursuta pointed this out that Mike Tomlin said, if you can make one block punt in your career, you're good at it. Okay, well, what's that now? Three for him, I think? I think he's had three in Pittsburgh, and it was pointed out that he had a fourth while he was playing in Detroit. A note, the one against Buffalo a couple of years ago. Right, which turned that game also. You can also. point to two games where Killebrew pretty much mm-hmm. went out there and, and won the game or helped play a hand in winning the game by a big play like that. And, you know, it's so hard to block punts in the National Football League. Killebrew just throws himself into the wood chipper again and again and again and again. Like you think baseball's bad where you only succeed three out of ten times and uh-huh. you're a Hall of Famer? What's he succeed? One every forty eight times, mm-hmm. one every seventy but times. When it happens, but it's so it changes the massive game. at this level especially. And to have somebody that has such a knack for that, I mean that's why he makes a team every year. That's why he's a captain. That's why he's a captain, and, and yeah. Not to mention, you know, even when he's not blocking punts, he's doing great on coverage. He's doing great on all the other little things when it comes to special teams. And, you know, he's got to make sure that a unit filled with a piece from the offense, a piece from the defense, and you're just kind of patchworking your way through special teams units. you got to have a really strong leader out there that knows kind of where everybody needs to be can bring the unit together. Kilbrew obviously is that, hence the reason he gets the captain's patch every single year. Um, but the block punt, I mean, you, like like everybody said in the postgame, Kenny Tomlin, like you, you can't say enough about it with how important that is in the NFL and how when you do have a play like that at this level, it's very rare that you lose the game. Like when you block a punt and create such a momentum shift <laughs> like that, it's it's hard to come away with a loss. Not winning. Yeah. yeah. Especially when for Miles Killebrew's sake it happens in the fourth quarter. Yes. And I liked when he put like that hand of uh, that hand of God painting yeah. because it was <laughs> yeah, the, I tip saw of that. His, the tip of his fingertips. I saw Miles that. Killebrew was able was to get good. that football. Um but man, and, and I heard Kenny postgame say, you know, he's obsessed with special teams play. Like he's Killebrew working on this every day to the point of absurdity almost and that's you know the fruit that happens when you have labor like that the fruit that you bear when you have labor like that is pain that's why ab was the best receiver in football he just worked harder mm-hmm. than everybody else killebrew arguably one of the best special teams players in football why he just works harder than everybody else it's not that hard and it translates too it's not that hard and it translates um and just again can't get over how big of a play that was and i before we get to our money makers here, you also got to give credit to Watt and Highsmith for finishing that damn game. Finishing the game, yeah. Twice. Right. Highsmith right. gets the strip sack, and then the and offense, TJ gets the they, last They sack. mangle the clock a little bit. Coaching staff mangles the clock a little bit. Right. They get the bad penalty where they give them the ball with 49 seconds left. So they're the forced game. to go back on the field, right? And the defense plays great, and then TJ gets the gets sack. The sack to end the game. So the second sack of the game. They yeah. need to get a lot of credit for being the closers in that spot. Because as much as the Ravens gave the game away to the Steelers, the Steelers tried a little bit at the end there to give it back to the Ravens, and Watt and Highsmith just would not let them. 
Yeah, it looked like on TV that people were kind of trickling out of the stadium the once over. once the George Pickens touchdown happened. But there was still time left on the clock, even before the Steelers got the ball back, right? Before the, the or I'm sorry, it, not after the Pickens touchdown, but after the Highsmith strip sack and, and TJ yes. got the ball back. People started immediately leaving. You know, obviously it's a pain pain in the ass to get out get of some traffic, out of Akershire, out of out of the North North Shore. How badly but, did you want TJ to put Lamar down and then just run right into the end zone? Second touchdown. Oh my! The stiff arm on the way when he was running, I was like, "Go!" Oh go, my god! Go. I couldn't believe it when been TJ awesome. scooped that thing up again. But anyways, I mean, th- there was time left on that clock for the Ravens to come back and. Got a little nervous because the play right before the TJ sack that ended the game, if you remember, there was like a 15 or 20-yard pass. I believe it was to Bateman. And the, they were marching. They were able to get the ball moving. But then the very next play, obviously, TJ ended things. And thank God for that. All right, it's time to award our Monday money makers there on are, a Tuesday. First time all season where I don't know where to go for a good reason. I know where I'm going. Okay, hit me. My moneymaker is Larry Ogunjobi. Pay that man his money. That play when you're down wow. 10 to nothing. I love that pick, Tom. It means so much for, you know, you get that play, then you come to the sidelines and you're writing people, we're still in this game. Mm-hmm. This isn't over. See, we can make plays too. Let's wake up. Like, you can really juice up the stadium and juice up your sidelines with something like that when you're down 10 nothing. And, again, I hate to give people flowers for this or give them their money for this because it's kind of like the the Chris Rock stand-up bit where like you want credit for something you're supposed to do. Right. But it says so much to me when you're down 10 to nothing and things look so bleak and you're, hu- you're big boy hustling like 15, I said, 20 Justice yards Hill down, was the already down the to field to punch the football mm-hmm. out and make that play. So give that man his money, Teddy KGB. Love Larry Ogunjobi's heart in that play. And the Steelers absolutely needed something in the positive, in the shock factor going in their direction, and that was it. Yeah, I think it's a great pick. Again, <clears throat> you show the heart. It, that's that's something that was talked about all week long. Game one tackle, all game. Who's that? Mitch, Mitch Trubisky said after the game last week against the Texans, we didn't have enough heart. Mike Tomlin said there wasn't enough physicality shown on the field against the Texans. Well, what did Larry O show you in one play? He had the heart to pursue the runner down the field, and he obviously was physical enough to punch the ball out of Justice Hill's arms. And in one play, he exemplified two things that the team was looking for after a really bad loss against the Texans last week. I think it's a great pick. Your pick? My pick, we just highlighted the play, and you know this might be only one of like three times he could ever win this award, but I'm going with Miles Killett, bro. I don't think there's any question. Pay that man his money. When you're on special teams, your job is to make sure there's nothing extravagant happening on that play, happening on that play, right? You are there to cover, you are there to prevent the explosive plays. It's not expected of you on a special teams play. You're more likely to see a long return or a kicked field goal go go well than you are to see a blocked punt or a blocked kick, right? Or a fumble on a kickoff return or a fumble force on a punt return. So when you're able to do that, on a re- not on a regular basis, but you're able to do it on a repeated basis, like Miles Killebrew has done for this time with the Steelers, 
he absolutely has earned that captain distinction, and he's absolutely deserving of getting paid by Teddy KGB this week. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a look around the rest of the action in the NFL. One AFC North team looked like they might be a little bit back. So I don't we'll know. talk about that. I don't know. And Where were they playing? It's not about who they were playing. It's how they looked, and it's about how a certain player under center yeah, looked yeah, in yeah. that game. And is there a new team in the driver's seat, potentially, in the AFC? We'll talk about all of that next here on the Steelers Standard. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 